Well, good morning, Church for the Harvest family and friends. We welcome you. We welcome you to church. Thank you, Angie, for facilitating this morning. Uh, Let's just take a moment and pray and ask for God's blessing as I share the Word of God today as we continue in our series on the armor of God. Father, we thank you for today. I bless the people of God. I thank you for all those that have come uh, to hear your word, to worship you. And I pray a, a blessing on each and every one of them. And I ask that you speak through me and give to God's people uh, what they need here today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're just continuing in our series. We want to stay with that on the armor of God. And actually, this is the 11th week. And as you can see, I'm, I'm videoing here. My wife and I are trying to take some time away. Um, but uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. I want to talk to you about uh, part one and the shoes of peace. I want to talk to you about peace here today. Uh, the shoes of peace. Ephesians six fourteen says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness arrayed. And then Ephesians six fifteen says, in your feet shod, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I like how the Amplified translation says, in having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm footing, stability and readiness produced by the good news. Amen. Just a quick recap from last week. You know, we had communion and and we used the illustration about how, you know, God, when we repent and we understand righteousness, that he takes our sin and, and it is shredded away. And uh, what we need to, especially as believers, not do is go dig back into that shredder, pick up all that shredded past disappointments of failures and try to piece it back together. Amen. We don't let that go. And so uh, we came with this word imputed, which actually means to ascribe or attribute something to someone. And we said this, that you don't simply uh, receive the righteousness of God. I want you to get this. We don't just receive it. it it's actually in the context is that, that we are made righteous. We are, we acquire the nature of God. That is powerful. So when anyone tells you, oh, you're just a worm, you know, you don't amount to anything, you know, that's a lie. That's a lie. And so when God imputes his righteousness to us, uh, we go from being an enemy of God to actually a friend of God because of salvation of what Jesus Christ did. Amen. So on that day, that you received Jesus Christ into your life and you repented of your sin and you invited him into your life. His blood washed away and removed your sin and he wiped the slate clean. Amen. That's a good word. So let's continue here in Ephesians 6 verse 15. Paul, uh, he's continued to expound on the armor, the armor of God here that we're talking about. And he says, in your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Uh, And actually, shod is a King James uh, uh, translation. It actually means fitted, strapped, or firm-footed. Firm-footed, interesting. Just some some background quickly on uh, uh, the Roman soldiers. These shoes were just not ordinary types of shoes. They were uh, they were actually very dangerous shoes, and they were built for battle. Uh, they were made out of bronze and brass uh, at times, and there was actually two parts to them. There was the greave, and then there was the shoe itself. 
And, and so number one, the grieve was actually a piece of uh, a beautifully tooled metal that began at the top of the knee and extended down past the lower leg. And it finally rested on the, the upper portion of the foot. And so that tube-like piece of metal caused the Roman soldiers to, uh, it actually looked like they, had, they were wearing boots on and they were made of brass. And then the second component to these shoes were actually the shoe itself. And it was made of two pieces of metal on the top and bottom. The foot was covered with a fine piece of uh, brass in, and the sides were held together with uh, uh, multiple piece, pieces of real strong, durable leather. But here's the thing I want you to get. On the bottom of these shoes, they had affixed extremely uh, dangerous spikes. Now, it's quite interesting when you talk about the shoes of peace, and then you, he you see here that they actually had spikes affixed to the bottom of the shoe. They were anywhere from one inch to, to three inches long. So in other words, these were killer shoes. <clears throat> uh, so it, it's, it's kind of remarkable that uh, Paul would uh, 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 use this as an illustration to describe peace in our life, a weapon peace. So according to Paul, peace is actually an awesome weapon. It's an awesome weapon. Peace is a defensive and offensive weapon, and uh, peace will, will not only protect us, but <clears throat> it is also a brutal weapon. It is a brutal weapon. When we use it correctly, uh, what does it do? It keeps the enemy at bay. It keeps Satan beneath our feet, and that's what we need to get. Amen. And why? Because one good kick of the enemy, he was crushed. You know, when the Roman soldiers would march on the cobblestones through Jerusalem, it was a very loud sound because of these spikes. And they were told that if anyone got in the way, they were trampled. Some people would just trample to death because they would not move out of formation. And these spikes would just trample them to death. You know, there's a verse in Romans 16, 20. It says, the God of peace hmm, will soon crush Satan under your feet. You say, well, that's good, Mike. What does that mean? Uh, one translation says, soon would be shortly. Uh, what does that mean? The God of peace will crush Satan. It means that God will quickly, when we call out to him and we ask for his peace in difficult situations, he will break and crush the power of Satan over your life. It doesn't mean Satan is crushed uh, that he'll never tempt you or harass you in, in your life again. But in a specific area, you ask for freedom. Let me give you an example. Some people, they're just addicted to alcohol. Uh, they can't just casual drink once in a while. They are, they are addicted to it. They use it to numb their pain. And, and this is where Satan has a stronghold in their life. When we cry out to the Lord, um, and, 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 and we ask for freedom and deliverance and we draw near to God. The Bible says that God will crush Satan if you allow him, if you allow him and, and he won't entice you anymore. He won't draw you away in that area. In other words, you will be free. And all you have to do is just look around, especially in our, uh, the church service here today. There are many people whom God has crushed the head of Satan over their life. Can I get an amen? <laughs> whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, whether it be a, a promiscuous lifestyle, come on somebody, whatever it may be, God has crushed Satan over our lives. That's something to say amen. And so 
uh, breaking the power of enemy over our life. And that's, that's a promise in the word of God. And so I want you to notice we move on. The Bible says here, uh, uh, this phrase, having your feet shod. Shod in the Greek is a compound of two words. It's actually hupo and dio. And it actually means, hupo means under, and dio means to bind. So under, to bind. Now watch this. Together, if you put these words, it conveys the idea of binding something, watch this, very tightly onto the bottom of one's feet. Or tied extremely tightly. Okay, so what does this mean for us today? The Holy Spirit, I believe, is conveying or wants to convey to us that uh, we must firmly tie His peace, God's peace, into our lives. In other words, we bind that peace of God into our minds and our emotions. Did you get that? Our minds and our emotions. We need to bind God's peace. Why? Because when God's peace has a firm grip on our lives, we're ready for action. Isn't that right? We're bold. We're confident because we, we have a, a resting peace, a peace of God, the God of peace over our life. Praise God. So now Paul continues. He says, having your feet shod with the preparation. What does preparation mean? Uh, prepar me preparation means firmness or a solid foundation. And actually, when that Roman soldier tied those shoes, when he went out into battle, it was tied very tightly, so he would have a firm footing. I mean, I don't know about you, sometimes if you uh, you run out with maybe shower shoes or, or, or slippers or something like that, and, and you could easily slip off them and, 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 and rip the toe thing off of that, and, and you don't have a firm foundation, and so you, you walk a little bit differently. You walk a little bit uh, hesitantly because you don't have a firm foundation. Paul is clearly telling us that when peace, hear me, God's peace is foundational in our lives, we have a firm footing. We're solid. We're not shaken. You know, so many people have been shaken with this, this China virus last year and 2020. And, 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 and even statistics show that, that, that when we are, we are coming through it and we have reached a less than 2% positivity rate last week, uh, thank God for that, amen, that, that there are people still terrorized and frightened and fearful and, and, and still are going to live like the pandemic is still here and, and it is blown through and, and it, is, it, is, it is being eradicated in Jesus' name, amen. But you know, they don't have a firm foundation. They're not solid in God. They're, they're, they're fear-filled. And so God wants us to have peace is foundational in our life. And then we can move out in confidence, not presumption, not in foolishness, but confidence in God. So I very quickly, so how can I have God's peace? Number one is there's the peace with God, the peace with God. And the first step is salvation. That is a right relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and at the end of this service, Angie's going to share how we can receive, how you can receive God's peace in your life. The second uh, way we can have God's peace is the peace of God. So there's peace with God, and then there's the peace of God. And so the key element in true lasting peace is God's presence, watch this, in our life. God's presence in our life. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, says to God, he said, the steadfast of mind, watch this, the steadfast of mind, you will keep in perfect peace. Why? Because he trusts in you. He trusts in you. So Jesus is our peace. That's what the scripture is saying. His presence is the presence of peace. 
within us. Uh, Ephesians 2.14. And so Jesus declares, in me you may have peace, John 16.33. So, so what is peace? Let me just give you a, a, a short definition of what peace is. Peace is an inner sense of contentment and quietness, regardless of life circumstances, whatever's going on. It is a steadfast confidence in our ever-faithful, unchanging Heavenly Father. Amen. God's peace. It, it is the presence of joy in the midst of unhappiness. True peace doesn't merely dull our pain. No. Watch this. A, a person who has genuine godly peace. So if you have genuine godly peace, you can endure an avalanche of trouble, of hardship, of difficulty. And in, and in the midst of that still in the midst of that, have an inner peace that surpasses all human understanding. Why? How can somebody have that? Because God's peace doesn't come from pleasant circumstances. All, you know, easy, easy living in life and everything going according to your plan. Everything surrounded by your comfort. No. Uh, nice events, good things that, that maybe other people may say or do for us. No, instead it is based, watch this, on the fact that the Spirit of God, this is where true peace comes from, it's because the Spirit of God lives within us. That's peace. That's God's peace. Now, does that mean that, that, that uh, uh, you have God's peace and you're never going to feel the effects of the storms of life? Obviously, the answer is no. But God's peace is complete. His peace is adequate for our lives. Amen. His peace is sufficient for anything that we may face in life. That is the God of peace. And that God of peace will crush Satan shortly in our lives if we let him. And God wants to bring freedom through peace. And so, so in conclusion, I know this is a, a brief message because Lord willing, next week I want to talk about how some steps we can practically uh, in our lives daily acquire God's peace in our life. But I want to conclude with this, that our most precious material possession is the Bible. The word of God, that belt of truth, we've already talked about that. That, that the, the belt of truth that came from the supernatural realm into the natural realm, and we can actually touch it, we can feel it. We have one piece of the armor that's, that's in the physical realm, and thank God for that. Psalm uh, 119, 165 says this, he said, emphasize that those who, watch this, those who love God's word have great peace. Did you get that? Somebody needs to say amen. Those that love God's word have great peace. What does that mean? Did you catch that? When we love God's word and we feed on God's word, peace will be the guiding light of our life. There is lasting peace for those who love your teaching, another translation says. Nothing can make those people stumble. Praise God. So what does that mean? That if we truly want God's peace on our life, Day in and day out, when you leave the service today and you go home or go to lunch or whatever you do, and then you wake up tomorrow morning to start your day, you need God's word in your life because that is the source of true peace. If you like to read, actual read, if you like to do it digitally, if you like to hear God's word or, you know, listen to teaching on that, we all need God's word in our life. That's where peace 
comes from. We receive the presence of God in our life, amen, and because of that, we have that inner peace. So, but we should all love God's Word, and we should feast on God's Word daily, amen. Uh, why? Because if you, if you truly love God's Word, you're going to feed on it, isn't that right? Right? You're going to want it. You're going to desire that. And that's going to guide you. That's going to be a, an anchor in your life. I can't tell you how many people that, that uh, through the 30 years of ministry, that uh, when some would come into my office here and sit and, and just in, in crisis situation, like I'm in a dire situation, and, and I just think of, you know, how have you orchestrated your life? Have you fed on God's peace? Have you put his word in your life? And a lot of times is this, no, not really. But pastor, I'm in a desperate situation. I need help now. I need help right now. And uh, a lot of it is, is that, that we're not feeding on God's word, and we don't have that wisdom and that discretion to help us along the way, that insight. And so, so if we, you know, if we, if we're not feasting on God's word, we're not going to be anchored. There won't be any anchors in our life. Here's the thing: we can have a lot of things in life, a lot of materialistic things, and we know we can say that they don't. They, those materialistic things, you know, they don't satisfy. They don't. They don't. Uh, you know, we we appreciate them. We don't idolize them. But it's amazing how many times we continue to pursue them. <laughs> you know, uh, I've shared this numerous times, but I remember. Uh, Time Magazine or some, some uh, news article did a picture of uh, a family, a rural family in the United States, and they took everything out of their house and they put it in the front lawn and they took a picture. And then the whole lawn was full of stuff. I mean, and then they went to a third world country and they asked them to put everything they owned in their little shanty out front and it was, everything could just be in front of them and, and they had nothing. But you know what? They, 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 they were still happy. They were still happy. We know that things in life Life do not bring peace. And here's the thing. We can have a lot of things in our life, but we don't have God's peace in our life. We're never really truly going to enjoy uh, our lives the way God intended for us to enjoy. Amen. Amen. So I just want to challenge you all. Uh, this next step is the most important step, what Angie's going to share with you. And that is the step with peace with God. That's the first step of a life of peace. And so I want to just turn that over to Angie and she's going to uh, share the most important decision you can make to receive God's peace in your life. Amen. Thank you. God bless you, church. We'll see you soon.